0: We're in this series, the collection of messages, and it is called What? Let's get, Let's get Selfish. That sounds super not churchy at all. And so, if you're not here and you haven't been here for the first part of the series, I want to kind of explain. Let's Get Selfish. Selfish means to be concerned excessively with oneself. And so, what we're doing is we are concerning ourselves excessively with our health with our spiritual health, with our mental health, with our emotional health, with our physical health, with our financial health, because what we know is when we're in a place that we're healthy, we can help someone in a healthy way. But when we're in a place where we're unhealthy and we try to help someone, it doesn't work very well. Somebody say amen. If you're broke and then you you help someone by giving them money, then you have to have somebody help you. And so you can help someone financially when you have money. If you're not fit, you probably shouldn't be helping somebody to try to get fit, right? And so you, you help someone out of a place of health. And so we're focusing on ourselves to get ourselves to a place where we can be selfless and help people in a healthy way. Um, the foundational scripture for this series, I love this scripture, is Matthew chapter seven, verses three through five. And here's what it says. It says, and why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own eye? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of the speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. I want mean, you just just, this is fun. Just yell, hypocrite. 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 First, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will be able to see to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. So this is what this month is about. Actually, a couple of months, eight weeks, nine weeks, however long it takes us. This is what it is about. During this time, we are, instead of focusing on trying to help someone when you got a boulder in your eye, we are getting the logs out of our eyes. We are getting our place to a, our, our, our life to a place of health so that we can see and help people in a healthy way. Amen? Okay. So uh, the first three weeks was all about spiritual health, and uh, we've talked about the importance of daily devotions with God and quiet time with God. We've talked about the importance of our prayer lives. Uh, How many of you guys have been doing devotions or some kind of quiet time with the Lord? Awesome. How many of you guys have been trying to up your game in your prayer life? Yes, man, you guys are killing it. And then last week we talked about being empowered as a believer. What, What does God empower us to do? God empowers us to live the life that he's called us to live. He empowers us through the Holy Spirit to bear the fruit that he's called us to bear, and he empowers us to do the work that he's called us to do. If you have missed those and you wanna go back and play catch up, you can play catch up on Clawson.tv. Um Just click on the sermons tab, or you can play catch up by getting on the podcast and you can listen to it while you're driving or, or however. Anyways, um, today I'm gonna dive into a new topic. Everybody say a New topic. And if you're taking notes, the title to the message this morning is emotional health. Emotional health. Now, I was actually going to speak on mental health and uh, I went to a mental health professional this week and sat down for about an hour with them and I very quickly learned that I know nothing about mental health. And so... Um, I, I, through this conversation, she actually said, I think it would be better to build a foundation by going with emotional health first. And this was Thursday. I'd already had a lot of my message wrote. This was Thursday, she said, I really feel like it'd be better to build a foundation on emotional health and then dive into mental health. Well, then I'm like, So uh, Friday morning, I start writing the message that I'm speaking this morning, freaked out a little bit because it's Friday morning and I've got a full day Friday, full day Saturday. And uh, so I I start writing this message Friday morning on emotional health. Now this is how the Lord works. This is how God challenges us. You ready? Uh, So I start writing this message on emotional health and Friday night was the most emotional night that I have had in probably a few years. You know what was happening? I was getting tested. I actually, before the game started, you know, I have a little bit of a reputation to get excited um, at the games. We're gonna call it excited at the games. And so um, I said to them, the people that were around me, there's a bunch of people around me, Jason, and all, Puzz, all those guys. And so I said to them, I'm preaching on emotional health tonight, so I've got to keep my mouth shut. And so, like, you know, I've, I've told you guys that I've done a pretty poor job before getting kicked out of games at Woodville. And, you know, and we're, that's the past. So we're going to move on. Uh, but um, so last night, um, our Friday night is a terrible, terrible game. Uh, My son is killing it. He is having a great game, 15 points. He's got three charges. Boom, takes his fourth charge. And then he takes off running full blast down the court. And this jerk just, boom, hits him head first into the wall. Bam. And so he goes head first into the wall. When he hits the wall, Josh is already up and he's halfway over my wall. And when I made it about halfway over my wall, uh, I heard somebody say, pastor. And my blood was flowing. My emotions were going Anybody, Anybody ever been there? I was irritated because it was very foolish what this, this kid just did. And I just learned that kid was 18 and some something in you as, as an adult says, if they're 18, they're fair game. And, and <laughs> And I'm just telling you what happens in normal people's minds, okay? Not pastor's minds, but other people's minds. And so I'm halfway over the wall. I hear somebody say pastor and something goes, oh, Josh, you better be careful. And I come, come back over the wall and I take off running to go make sure that my son's okay. And the two questions that I've been asked, here's the two questions by everyone, so I'm gonna answer them so I don't get asked anymore. The two questions, how's Canaan? Canaan's doing great, y'all. He had his head checked out, he had his back checked out. He's doing great, doing fantastic. We're going either today or tomorrow to see if he can get cleared to play. Really what happened was he he blacked out and his, his, when you black out sometimes, if anybody's ever uh, been knocked out, anybody ever been, no, you don't have to put your hands out. Uh, so if you've ever been knocked out, you know sometimes when your brain shuts down like that, then it does crazy things with your body. So for a minute, he couldn't feel his legs. And then for a minute, he started having these really bad back spasms and his body's just doing this crazy stuff. And so we were worried about a concussion. We were worried about his neck. And so anyways, he got cleared on everything. Thing today we're going to get his wrist looked at hopefully I'm praying he's going to get cleared and he's going to be able to play in the coming up weeks uh but just keep him in your prayers the second question so everybody's been asking how's Canaan and then the second question was did you get kicked out <laughs> and the answer is I told you Josh has been growing and Josh has been doing better and better and I didn't even scream so getting kicked out was not even almost one of those things. Like I handle myself very, very well. Uh, thank you, Lord. He's what I, I don't want to be the guy that gets kicked out. I, I don't want to be the guy that goes to my car and then cries going, Hey, stupid. You just fell Jesus. Um, like I, I, I want to be the guy that can handle my emotions, amen? amen. And so I'm preaching to you as I have been growing in my emotional health. And, um, I want to say that I believe in our culture, in our society, we are super, super unhealthy in our, with our emotions. Not only that, but we're teaching people to be unhealthy in their emotions. Uh, let me kind of explain what I mean there. Um, about, about four to four and a half months ago, I started kind of taking a lead role in the youth ministry. And, uh, when I do youth ministry, like there are going to be rules You're gonna follow those rules and then this is fun. Here's what happens, I actually give the rules and then I say, if you don't like them and everybody screams, stay home. home. If you don't like the rules, stay home. I don't care that you don't like the rules. If you don't wanna follow the rules, stay home. Is that fair? That's fair. Okay. And so I'm given the rules one, one evening. And so one of my rules, because the, the boys that, a lot of the boys that come, they want to put their hoods on and then tighten their hoods real fast. Like, like they don't want to walk around like this. They look dumb, but it's kind of a thing nowadays. And then what happens is they put their earbuds in and you can't see that they're, they're listening to ear. They're not listening to the worship music. They're not worshiping. They may even have their hands up as they're listening to some stupid thing in their ears. And, uh, and so when the preaching's going on, so what I say is there's no hoods on in the youth ministry during the worship and the preaching time. You can wear them during the game time, you can wear them at other times, but during the worship and the preaching time, you can't have your hood on. And so so I give all the rules and we scream, you know, if you don't like it, yeah, stay home. And uh, so then there's this little, probably 13 year old girl, she's right over here and she's still got her hood on. And uh, so I'm like, okay, maybe she's gonna take it off, 60 seconds, she still hasn't taken it off. So I walk over to her and I tap her on the shoulder and I say, hey, I know you heard the rule, Uh, you gotta take your hood off, and so if you just go ahead and take your hood off, and she's standing this way looking up, the worship's going on, and I'm standing right here, and she looks over at me and she says, no. And then she turns back this way. I I don't know why, but sometimes that will get you emotionally unhealthy, (laughs) right? And so, (laughs) tap her back on the shoulder. And she says, what? And I said, hey, um, <laughs> you heard the rules. If you don't like the rules, what's the thing? And she says, I know, you're supposed to stay home. And I said, okay, well, you can stay home. And she said, um, I don't take my hood off. And so I'm not gonna take my hood off. And I said, hey, let's, let's go to the hallway for a minute. And so we go off into the hallway and, um, and I say, okay, look, uh, here's the deal. I'm not saying you have to take your hood off. I'm saying if you wanna be in that room, everyone follows the same rules in that room. And she says, I don't take this hood off for anyone because this is my emotional support hoodie. And I thought, holy cow, is this where we're at? Like is, is... And so I thought for a second, like surely the maker take the hood off at school. And so I said, well, no, now, When you go to school, you got to take your hood off. And she said, no, no. Now this is my emotional support. My mom knows it's my emotional support hoodie. My doctor knows it's my emotional support hoodie. My, the school knows it's my emotional support hoodie. I get anxious when I'm, when I'm in a group of people. And so I put my hoodie on. This is my emotional support hoodie. And I thought, Josh, if you do this, you're going to get canceled by everyone. And I said, okay, okay. Hey, let me tell you a story. I said, when, when my daughter was a little girl Uh, she had an emotional support blanket and she went everywhere with her blanket. Like this is a big deal for my daughter when she was little. I remember one time we were on a trip and I had drove an hour and a half and we forgot her blanket and daddy turned back around and drove an hour and a half to go get that blanket. You know why? Because I knew Emmy wasn't gonna sleep without that blanket. And if Emmy wasn't gonna sleep, daddy wasn't gonna sleep and I wanted to sleep. And so I drove back and I got that blanket. Uh, But when Emmy turned five, she was gonna have to start going to school. And we decided in our home, when she turns five and she starts going to school, we're gonna have to take the blanket, okay? So the first week um, we let her go to school with the blanket kind of to see how many kids were going to go with blankets. And in uh, the second week, we said, okay, Emmy, uh, you're only going to be able to take your blanket two, th- two days this week. And from now on, you're going to, after that, you're going to have to go to school without your blanket. And she threw a wall fit, and she cried, and she bawled, and I cried, and mom cried, and we all cried. Why? Because in Emmy's reality in her mind, she needed that blanket to have a normal life. And so we took the blanket, she cried. And so I'm telling this girl this story. And I, and I said, and now today, when she comes home, sometimes she'll go grab her blanket, sometimes she doesn't go grab her blanket, but she doesn't feel like she needs her blanket. I said, your mom, your school and your doctor, nobody's doing you a favor by telling you that you can wear your hood and you can be normal with your hood and all your things with your hood. You don't need your hood. And right now, probably what needs to happen is somebody needs to take your hood away and make you cry for about five days. And she just looked at me and I said, and I don't mind being that guy. And so when you go into the youth room, you're gonna take your hood off. And if you need to cry, you can come in the hallway and cry and then go back in the youth room, but you're gonna go in with your hood off. And she pulled her phone out and she called her mom. And she's like, this guy is trying to make me take my hoodie off and blah, 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 blah. He's trying to take it and she just goes nuts. So her mom says, okay, let me talk to the pastor. And so I get on the phone and she says, uh, hey, so listen, she's got this problem and, uh, and she needs that hoodie for her emotional support. And so I said, hey, look, uh, there's no explanation. You don't need to explain to me. Here's what you need to know. These are the rules. And this rule goes for every single person. And if she doesn't want to do that, she can stay home. And I think the mom was shocked because the school has played into this. Uh, Everyone else has played into this. And now, uh, now in that girl's reality, she needs that hoodie because everyone has told her that she needs that hoodie in order for you to live a normal life. And when you're around the world and in the world, you can just put your hoodie on and you can hide. That's what they've told her, whoever's told her. Okay. And so her, her mom goes, okay, can I talk to her real quick? And I said, sure. So I give her the phone and I hear her. And she says, you take that hoodie off of your head and go into the youth room right now. And you know what the girl does? Are you kidding me? 13 year old, no kidding. And then she slams the door to the youth room and goes into the youth room. And two weeks goes by and she comes back to church and we never had another conversation about her hoodie. You know why? Because in her reality, she felt like she needed the hoodie. But when somebody actually brought it to her attention that you are very emotionally unhealthy if you think that you need a hoodie, then she begins to realize the reality that was her reality is not actually reality. Okay, so now we're gonna dive in. Would you agree with me that in our society, we are super unhealthy in how we deal with emotional health. Um, we're not helping people we're crippling them and giving them crutches. And you know, I, just, I was just thinking about this all altogether. If it's warm in him in here, is it warm in here? Okay, let's maybe bump something on, help, help me out, I'm dying, but if somebody else is cold, I don't know, I do something. Um, so I want, I want you to listen to me because I want you to hear my heart, okay? A few years back, we decided that we're just going to give trophies to everyone, win or lose, everybody gets trophies. You know what, you know what kind of adults comes out of that? Adults that feel like, whether I work or I don't work, I should get a paycheck. And then a few years ago, when everything was going crazy, Madhouse, BLM, rallies going on, burning things to the ground, presidency's crazy, all the things are crazy. Then we had colleges open up to be areas for students, college students to go and cry. And I thought, are you kidding me? We're supporting the most unhealthy junk I've ever seen in my life. You know why it's unhealthy? Let me tell you why it's unhealthy. Because we live in a world where real life hits us. (laughs) And real life hurts my feelings. Man, you guys are quiet. I need some help. It doesn't hurt your feelings. Real life hurts my feelings. And so the goal is not to find a crutch, to find yourself and make yourself normal in real life. The goal is to make it to where you can control your emotions so that you can live a healthy life. So let's dive in. I really have four things that I want to discuss with you. Number one, the first thing is what is emotional health? What is emotional health? I learned a lot this week, and I'm going to try to give it to you in a way where you can walk with me, because emotional health and mental health really overlap each other, but they're not exactly the same thing. So what is emotional health? Emotional health is about how we think and how we feel. It's about our sense of well-being, our ability to cope with life's events and how we acknowledge our own emotions as well as the the emotions of others. If you could put it down to this, I would say our emotional health is all about how we think in our mind. How you think is important. We see that biblically. Proverbs chapter 27, 23 and verse seven says, for as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. Wow, that's powerful. Proverbs 4, 23 says, be careful how you think because your life is shaped by your thoughts. If you think you can, or if you think you can't, you're right. What you think is important. What you believe is <laughs> determines who you are. Think about that. What you believe determines what you can be. What you believe determines who can go with you, how much money you can make. What you believe is important. And to be emotionally healthy is about learning how to control or even change what you believe, what you feel and what you think, and learn how to cope with the events that go on in your life. So then how do we get to a place where we are emotionally healthy? If we find ourselves in a bad place, how do we come out of that bad place? How do we shift that? How do we shift those mindsets? That's what we're gonna be talking about today. And um, how have we got to this place? How have we got to this place where we need, we need something like this to cope in society? I think that's a good question. And this has everything to do with how a person sees themselves in the world. If I see myself as being incapable of living in life without this, then in my reality, even though it's dumb, in my reality, I need this to cope. If 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 I if okay, it is a big world that we live in. Sometimes the world is scary. And if I need this, what this becomes is a crutch in my life of something that I need in order for me to feel normal. Amen. Then this attachment becomes this crutch in my life. How do I perceive the world uh, and, and, and how do I transition into a world without this thing? Man, that becomes crazy. But I have to take my, when, when this becomes a crutch, then I have to take my normal with me everywhere that I go. I need this, I need this. And so it has become, uh, I feel uh, vulnerable and afraid and anxious. Y'all, this is real stuff, this is deep stuff. This is stuff you gotta be careful with when you're preaching. And to be honest with you, I think a lot of us have felt like this is a joke. It is not a joke. It's not a joke. This is serious. Is it healthy? No, it's not healthy. Let me ask this. Is this God's will for my life? No. The Bible tells us that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The goal is not for find, to, to find something in my life that can make me feel healthy, that the goal is to allow the Spirit of God to empower me, that I can get rid of the fear in my life and not live in worry and anxiousness and depression and anger and all of those things. I can do that with the help of God, but I can't do that by a blanket. Amen? Amen? Amen. So this perception of this person becomes their reality. And then when you snatch the blanket out of their hand, what happens is... um, they have a meltdown, which is what happened with my daughter. Right now, I want you to imagine with me, do you feel like it would be healthy for us to have a bunch of 30 and 40 year olds going to work with blankets? <laughs> okay. So what we did in our society was because tons and tons of kids, anybody have a, a child that needed their blankie when they were young? Okay. I see tons of hands, tons and tons of kids grew up in this and at, we healthily Helped them by taking away the blanket. Now in our society, what we're doing is we're giving blankets back. Oh, you can't you can't help cope. So here's your emotional support dog, and here's you a toy to take with you to school, and here's you an emotional. And I always ask the question like, what happens when the dog dies? What happens when they lose the toy? Like that cannot be your reality because it is not healthy. So we've dug into what emotional. Health is, it really has everything to do with how you think, what you believe, what you think about yourself and the world around you, and then we're gonna dig into how do we shift that. Number two, the second thing that I want you to understand, I think this is so important, number two, God cares about your emotional health. Have you ever heard somebody say, well, God just doesn't care how I feel? I wanna show you in scripture where that is not an accurate statement. So stop yourself from saying that in the future because God cares how you feel. Now, I wanna go all the way back to the beginning in Genesis. Genesis chapter one and chapter two, what happens is God forms uh, the earth, and uh, in the beginning, God created the, her- the heavens and the earth, and he forms everything. He makes the man and the woman. He places them in Eden. And uh, man, they are just running around naked, having a good time, right? Nobody thought that was okay? Never mind. <laughs> That's the perfect world. I mean, you go to jail if you do that nowadays, but in the beginning, That was the perfect world. So they're running around, having a good time. And then all of a sudden, Eve is tempted to disobey God. I want you to watch this. She's tempted to disobey God. She gives into temptation. At this moment, everything emotional had been healthy. Their thoughts were healthy, they were aligned with God, they were doing what God created them to do, and then at the moment that they disobeyed God, she took a bite of the whatever kind of fruit it was. Here's what the Bible says in Genesis chapter three. I wanna read verses seven through 10. It says, at that moment, everybody say that moment. Their eyes were open and suddenly they felt shame at their nakedness. Listen, I want you to understand this. The world around them had not changed. God had not cursed the ground yet. You could not make an argument that the world had changed, okay? But their perception of the world completely shifted. It completely changed. Boom, guilt hits me. I was running around naked with no shame. Now I'm looking down and I'm like, oh. And so what do they do? The Bible says, listen to me, this is so important because this is what we do. The Bible says that they felt shame and guilt and they took off and they went and found a fig tree and they began to pull the, 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 the leaves off the fig tree and they sewed the leaves together to try to hide their guilt and their shame and they couldn't hide it. You know why they couldn't hide it? Because the Bible says that God comes down into the garden and what do they do? They run off and hide. Why are they hiding? Because they're full of guilt and shame. They run off and hide. And then we're gonna, we're gonna keep going, let's see. Uh, When the cool evening breeze blows, the man and his wife heard the Lord walking in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Why did they hide? Because they they couldn't figure out how to handle their emotions. Verse nine, then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden. So I hid, I was afraid because I was naked. Now I wanna stop here and I wanna show you what God does. Because he cares about Adam and Eve, because he doesn't want them to live in shame and guilt. He wants them to be able to have an emotionally healthy life. Look what he does. Where they tried to cover themselves and it didn't work. The Bible says in Genesis 3 and verse 21, and the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. They tried to cover up their shame and it didn't work out. So God covered up their shame for them. Now stop. This is so important because what we do in our lives, when I do something stupid, what I try to do is as long as nobody can see me I realize it was dumb, but I'm I'm covered and something when when we do something stupid, what we try to do is we try to cover it up with something that cannot be covered. We cannot cover it up. Right. And so when we hold on to this thing and we try to cover it up ourselves, we continue to live with guilt and shame and guilt and shame and walk around. And when the presence of God comes, we're hiding. It's time to go to the bathroom. Amen. Amen. And God is saying, I don't want you to live that way. I love you and I care about you so much that you can bring your guilt and your shame to me and I will cover you with my presence. And then you can walk out of here in a healthy place. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Mm. He did not run from their nakedness. He did not run from their guilt. He did not run from their shame. He addressed their shame. This was his first involvement in showing us that he cared about our emotional well-being. And just as he cared about theirs, he continued to care about it all through scripture and he cares about yours today. In Psalm chapter 30, verses 11 and 12, the Psalmist says, you, he's talking to God, you have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy, that I might sing praises to you and not be silent. Oh Lord, my God, I will give you thanks forever. Has God ever done anything like that for anybody in this room? Okay, the third thing that I want you to understand, and I think this is super important, I think we should all understand that everyone, we all battle with our emotions. And if you say, no, 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 I don't battle with my emotions, I would say, you are just confused. (laughs) And, and I think there's a danger here that I want to talk about because I think that we, we stigmatize mental and emotional health to the point where we're like, oh, you're talking about those people. <laughs> those crazy people. I, I would wager to say, if you think like that, you might be those people. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying everyone in this room struggles with our emotions. And it's really hard in our society because here's what we do in our society. We really have these two, like these two groups on this side of the the line. I'm going to say, I don't know what the line is. On this side of the line, you have people that are like, you should just suck it up, Buttercup. Like, their kids are coming up, they're trying to learn how to deal with their emotions and all the things that go on. Well, you just suck it up. Well, Dad, I'm dealing with depression. Well, maybe you should pray better. Maybe you should go to the Lord. Isn't that what we've done a lot of times in the church? Y'all, that's crap. I us just call it what it is. Amen. It's it's it, well, I'm I, <laughs> that's what people that think that they're super spiritual say. You should just pray more. And, and then, on this side, that is super unhealthy. That's not accurate. That should not be how it's done. And then on this side, you have people that are like, oh, we should have cry rooms in the schools. So when kids got their feelings hurt, they can just go in there and cry all they want. And they should be able to take their blankets and have their hoodies and bring their dogs and just every, you know, whatever they need. You know, that's unhealthy, but this is unhealthy too. And so there's this challenge because of the society. If you're in that group, you get blasted. And then, if you're in that group, you get blasted by that group. And so, um, I think the question becomes how do we live a healthy life emotionally? How, how do we learn to control our emotions? And let me just say, y'all, there is a roller coaster of emotions that happens to everybody. Everybody say, Everybody. everybody. Here's what happens in life: this is what happens. At one minute, you're sad. And then two seconds later, you're happy. And then the next minute you're in love and then you hate that person. And then you have this best friend and then you want to kill that friend. They're no longer your best friend. It's done. And then you, you go from love to hate, to joy, to sad, to anxiousness, to depression, to fearful, to worried to annoyed, to angry, to ticked, to I am off my rocker. So we have this roller coaster of emotions and it is important for God's people to know what is it that God wants me to do with my emotions? How do I handle my emotions? How do I take my reality that is in my brain and make it a healthy reality? Thank you. She's helping me. Everybody else don't want to help me, but she's got me or he, whoever it is. Listen, this type of thing, it happens to rich people. It happens to broke people. It happens to all people, spiritual people, non-spiritual people. You don't get like disqualified from having to deal with emotional roller coasters in your life. I I, I think of Elijah in the scripture, and I'm going to try to be quick. I think of Elijah in the scripture. Elijah is like he's a bad to the bone prophet. Everybody say bad to the bone. Bad to the bone. Yeah, they wrote that song after Elijah. Um, <laughs> Okay, that was a lot, but uh, so Elijah, okay, one minute in the chapters, he's like calling, he has them take buckets of water and dumps them on this bull, and then he tells um, uh, the prophets of Baal, hey, one of us needs to call down fire from heaven, and whichever God answers is the right God, and so he's like taunting prophets of Baal as they're doing all their sacrificial stuff. And he's like, hey, where's your God at? Is he taking a nap? Is he taking a leak? Like, what's he doing? How come he's not here? How come he's not showing up? And so he's like taunting the prophets of Baal. And then the next minute he gets his chance and he says, hey, why don't you just fill this thing with water, the trenches with water, just dump that thing up. I want it to be a complete impossibility because that's a God that I serve. This is, this is where his mind's at, okay? I want you to, Because we're about to see a big shift His mind mind is, my God is so big, he gonna burn up everything. So they just dump water, water, water. What happens? Elijah calls down fire from heaven and the Bible says that it burns up the calf and then it burns up all the water. That should be, that's the first gasoline right there in the scriptures. (laughs) Burns up all of the water. And then the next minute he prays for Rain. And his faith is so big. His mindset is so big. I believe in God so much. I pray for rain. He sees this little bitty cloud in the distance and he tells the king, oh, rain's coming. We got to go. The the king jumps in his chariot and he, he gets his horse going. Chariot takes off and Elijah is behind the king and he tucks his robe into his, whatever it is he's got going on and he takes off running. The Bible says that Elijah outruns the chariot. Like this man is on this supernatural spiritual high. And he gets to the city. Uh 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 I know that he can do it. Uh. I've seen fire fall down from heaven. I've seen, don't you tell me he can't do it. That's what he's singing as he's walking into the city. And then all of a sudden, he gets word that Jezebel's gonna kill him. And when he gets word that Jezebel is going to kill him, the reality in his mind shifts. I want to watch. I want you to see what happens. This man who just did all of these things gets word that Jezebel is going to kill him. And here's what happens. First Kings chapter 19. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He took his servant and went to Beersheba in Judah. Leaving the servant there, Elijah walked a whole day into the wilderness. He stopped and he sat down in the shade of a tree and wished that he would die. It's too much. He prayed. Just take my life. I might as well be dead. Sometimes women will do that to you. Okay. Let's take that. Let's take that off of there. Um, that was a joke. Um, listen, listen, what, what, what here, why did I tell you all of this? I told you this because you need to understand you are not exempt. You're not exempt. So when your emotions come and it's coming and you're sitting at the game and something crazy happens, you gotta be ready and you gotta be controlling yourself in a way that when emo- you're not exempt, everybody say me. So you have got to get yourself to an emotionally good place so that when stuff happens, when Jezebel comes and the kid throws your kid into the wall, you got to know how to react in a healthy way. Listen, about 18 months ago, no, it was not 18 months ago, it was about four years ago, but it lasted for about 18 months. I went through this depression and I can't explain to you, very similar to Elijah, I can't explain to you how it even happened because God was doing great things. And all of a sudden, boom, I was just overwhelmed with this depression. I mean, it was so bad. I really didn't want to hang. I like to hang out with people. I was finding myself like in my car, driving around. I would go home and I would just sit in the bathtub and cry. So stupid, I look back, I'm like, you sissy. (laughs) I would sit in the bathtub and cry. Don't even know why I'm crying. I had these feelings like, you're a failure at everything you do, Josh. You're a failure as a dad. I I thought about leaving my wife because I thought she needs a good husband. You suck at this. And so, I mean, it's just all of this overwhelming. Uh, It lasted about 18 months. And Christy kept coming to me like, what is wrong with you? And I was like, I don't know what's wrong with me. What is wrong with you? I don't know what's wrong with me. And so we're just walking through all of this together. And finally she said, Josh, you got to get help. You got to get help. What do we need to do? I said, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me. I just, I'm down. I just, I, I wrote out resignation letters. I thought the church needs a better pastor. My wife needs a better husband. My kids need a better dad. I just suck at everything. And, uh, and so that's, that's my mindset. How I got there, I can't even explain to you how I got there. But I was there and I was leading a great church. God was doing some great things. And somehow in my reality, I got in this that I was just the worst. Now, why do I tell that to you? because it can happen to you. And when it happens to you, you gotta allow God. So my wife says to me, we, it's your mind, Josh. It's your mind. We gotta get that out of your mind. And so my wife began to walk through a process of health with me. Maybe she should be a mental health profession. Uh, she began to walk through this process of shifting my mind. And I thank God that I got out of that and I'm doing better. And I'm just, I'm now I feel like Elijah at the bull, uh, not Elijah with Jezebel. And so what am I saying? I'm saying it happens to everybody. It happens to everybody. And so you got to be ready and you got to know how to battle it. So then the question becomes, how do I live an emotionally healthy life? If you're taking notes, I, and I encourage you to, how do I live an emotionally healthy life? Here's what you have to learn. You have got to learn to change the way that you think. We see in scripture that that is possible. We see with science that that is possible. Uh, In scripture, in Romans chapter 12 and verse two, it says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I do wanna say probably three years ago, maybe it was right after I came out of that, um, in 2019, February and March, I preached a series called mind games. Anybody ever feel like the, 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 there's just games going on in your mind. And so if, if I'm speaking to you today and you would like to become more emotionally and mentally healthy, I encourage you to go back and our on claustro.tv. You can go back to February and March the series is called mind games. I'm talking about, um, the battle that goes on in your mind, winning the war in your mind, retraining your brain, retraining your mind, uh, peace of mind. And so I just encourage you to go back to that. Um, But so in scripture, we see that it's possible to change your thinking. In science, we see that it's possible to change your thinking. And and I talk about this a lot in that series, but we have, I believe they're called neurological pathways that are in our mind. Did, Did I have anybody as a kid, like you would ride your bicycle places? So when I was a kid, I lived in Carthage um, and I rode my bicycle to school. And uh, so what I found was I would take my bicycle and park it in the same place every day. And then whenever I would leave in the morning, I would ride the exact same route out of our yard. And after about three or four months of me riding this route out of our yard, the grass stops growing in the route that I'm riding and there becomes this path, okay? And so. Then I rode the path, got over on the other side of the road and rode through somebody else's yard and I created a path. And then what you notice is the neighborhood kids see the path and you're not the only one now that's riding on the path, everybody's riding on that path. That's power, y'all. I was a leader, didn't even know it. (laughs) Now here's what you need to understand about your mind, okay? Since you were small, there have been pathways that you have been building in your mind. You are not just a negative person and you don't have to live there. You don't. What's happened is you've been negative all of your life. So now when something happens, you go back to being negative. You jump back on the pathway, why? Because you know how to do it it's the route is already there. You know what it looks like. You know what's going to happen at the end. And so you just ride this pathway of being negative. If you have been anxious and worried and depressed all of your life, I'm telling you, you don't have to live there. Does that mean that it's easy? No. Creating new pathways. Have you ever rode through big, big things of grass? (laughs) Sometimes when we got some jacked up pathways going on and you got to make and form new paths, it's hard, but it's worth it in the end. And so with science, it, tra- it, it, it talks about stop, in order for you to change your thoughts, you literally have to shift your pathways. So then the question becomes, how do I shift and create new pathways in my mind? And I want to give you three things that I think can be super helpful here. Number one, you need to be careful what you feed your mind. Here's the first thing that you need to know. If you're putting the same thing in your mind that you always put in your mind, you should expect the same results that you always get. If you're watching the same junk on Netflix or HBO Max, whatever it is that you're watching, if you're listening to the same music that you always put in, here's here's what you need to know. Every bit of those things influence my mind. If they're negative on the show and you hear those things, you're probably gonna have some of that in you. Why? Because what you put into your mind, the seeds that you plant in your mind is what bursts up out of your mind. And so if you can shift those things, those movies and books that you read and all of the different things, the information going into your mind and you can put a different information into your mind, then you can burst something else out of your mind. It is super important, the information that you put in your mind. So pay attention And I believe as you begin to look for it, God's going to reveal junk that has to go. Secondly, number two, capture your rebellious, your bad, your negative, your sinful. Capture those thoughts and get rid of those thoughts. So here's what's going to happen. I've been living here in my mind, okay? Pastor Josh preached on retraining my mind, getting emotionally healthy. So I'm going to start feeding my mind some new things here. Now I'm feeding my mind some new things. I get here and I hit this big challenge. And when I hit this big challenge, here's what happens. Some of those thoughts over there, because they've been pathways for so long, they try to rise up in me and I have got to capture those thoughts and I've got to get rid of those thoughts. I can't think on those. I can't go back to those. I've got to remember the new things that I've been putting in my mind. I've got to capture those rebellious thoughts and get those thoughts out of my mind. And if I don't do that, I'm going to go back to the same pathways. Okay, so number one, you feed your mind the things that you want. Number two, capture your thoughts and kick those thoughts out of your mind. Number three, think on the right things. Think on the right things. Philippians chapter four and verse eight says, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable, think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. If you can do this, if you can feed your mind the right things, if you can capture your bad thoughts and get rid of them, and then you can fix your thoughts on the right things, on the word of God, on good worship music, on, on positive things, on cooking good, I mean uh, good things. If you can fix your thoughts on good things, then good things are going to come out of your mind. Your emotions, your mind, your emotional health, it will shift. Would you stand with me this morning? I'm out of time. I've been praying about what God wants to do today and I really felt, I really felt like the Lord said to me, I wanna free people from mindsets and emotions that they have attached to themselves. Now, I I, I want you to stay with, with me real quick. I believe that there are people in this room that you have for so long just said, I'm just a negative person, that's who I am. And I believe that God is saying, that's who you choose to be. And you don't have to choose that. And if you want me to free you of it, I will today. I believe that there are people in this room that you have just felt like anxiety is just gonna be a part of your life. You take a pill to fix it, you got a dog with you, whatever it is that you need, and it's just gonna be a part of your life. And I believe the Lord has spoke to me and said, you're choosing that. You're choosing that because of what you're allowing in your mind, whether how you're handling it. I wanna free you of it today. Depression, I wanna free you of it today. Now, is it gonna be easy moving forward? No, because your thoughts are gonna to wanna to try to go back. But I believe with all my heart today, God is going to break emotional chains, mindset chains off of people, and then it becomes your choice. The supernatural part is done. The devil no longer has attachments to you. Now it becomes your choice. So what do you do? I feed my mind the right thing. I capture the wrong things. I get rid of the wrong things. And then I think about the right things. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Altar team. Would you step out and come right now? Come and get ready to pray. Listen, if if I've been speaking to you today. And maybe just now, as I said, I believe that there are people that are here that you have attached things to your identity and today God is saying, no, no, no. I wanna free you from that. I wanna free you from that lie because it's a lie. That's not just who you are. That is not who God created you to be. You don't have to be depressed. You don't have to be anxious. You don't have to worry all the time. You don't have to, whatever it is for you. You don't. I'm just an angry person. No, no. You don't have to be, you can learn how to handle your emotions. God can free you from that chain of holding that onto your DNA and your identity. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today and you believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, and you would like to get prayer for something to be broken off of you. Or if you're here today and maybe you're here today and you are not following the Lord and you say, I wanna follow him today, I wanna get my life back on track. Maybe you're here today and you need a supernatural touch. I know somebody said earlier that they were here because they, they would like to pray for healing. If you're here and you need a supernatural touch from God, we believe that God is our healer and now the people of God shout amen. amen. If you're here today and you need a work of the Lord in you or on you, As we begin to sing this song, would you step out and come right now? Come on, step out and come. God wants to free you of something. He wants to heal you of something. Step out and come right now.